Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're talking about the fantasy novel The Priory of the Orange Tree, the TV series Three Pines, and we'll also discuss what we're excited to do when the weather gets warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're obviously looking forward to spring. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. I think both of us are not big winter fans, would you say? Actually, I really like winter. I think it's very pretty. Mm -hmm. And I am cold hardy enough that I could do things outside. Yeah. But usually by February, I'm like, okay, this is, this has been long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I'm looking forward to slightly warmer weather. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you just finished this epic fantasy novel. Is that right? I'm not quite finished with it. I've got like 40 pages left. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an achievement anyway, because it's 804 pages or something. (laughs) My goodness. So it has taken me a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to put that dent into it. Yes. But yeah, this is called The Priory of the Orange Tree. It was written by Samantha Shannon, and I think it came out in 2019. I say this all the time. Epic fantasy is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had a couple friends telling me to read this for a long time. And I was just like, guys, it's 800 pages. (laughs) (laughs) And then one of my friends at work, we decided to have like a little book club. So they picked this one. And I was like, okay, all right, it's time to buckle down and, and, and read this. Yeah. The good thing was... I, at some point, had purchased the Kindle book for like 99 cents when it was on sale. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you can purchase the Kindle book, they'll let you buy the audiobook for like really cheap. So it was like seven fifty or something. Nice. So I have been listening to a lot of this on audiobook. Mm-hmm. It's 25 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> and then every once in a while, I will... You know, when I get some time at home, I'll pull out the print version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've i been having a lot of fun with it. It took me, as always, a little bit of time to get into it because a new fantasy world is always like, okay, what are the rules? <laughs> what is this place like? Who are these people? And like the people that you get introduced to at the beginning aren't always the main characters and I was like okay let me just give this a little bit of time and see Mm -hmm. where it goes so this is a complete apparently epic fantasy as in it's not the first one in a trilogy or a series or anything like that which Mm. I think is why it's so long okay (laughs) (laughs) she was like let me just put this all into one book which I kind of admire, because that's really hard to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I know this is positively pop culture, but I will say that I think the pacing is a little bit off in places, because she's trying to squeeze so much in. So I will say that. Okay. However, let me tell you about the story first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this has multiple points of view, as many epic fantasy books do. Mm Mm-hmm. And the first point of view that we are introduced to is Tane, and she is training to be a dragon rider. 
which is very cool. Like all, already, you're like, yeah, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and she slips out of her dormitory or whatever one night to go swimming in the sea because dragons in her country are sea dragons. So oh. to be a dragon rider, she has to live you know be comfortable with this the ocean and she loves the water she loves swimming so she goes out for a swim like the night before she gets raised to dragon rider but she encounters this dude who like he has smuggled himself into the country he's clearly from a different country because of his looks and everything and because he doesn't speak the language and she's just like oh crap like i can't do nothing because he might have the draconic plague (gasps) but you know i can't like turn him into the authorities myself because i'm not supposed to be outside of my dormitory (laughs) oh okay so she brings him to a friend and the friend kind of smuggles him into this this little town which is sort of like a a closed town like they send people there for exile and different things like that and he he gets put with this guy this alchemist and scholar named Nicolae's ruse and Nicolae's is older he's like in his 60s maybe we get his point of view a lot and i'm gonna be honest i don't like him <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of annoying oh He's been in exile for seven years because he promised a queen that he would make an elixir of eternal life, basically. Mm. And this queen was really young and she believed him and he never produced it. So she sent him in exile to ostensibly work on it, but he just hasn't been doing anything except getting drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So the stranger gets sent to this guy because he knows that name. The stranger knows who he is, and you get more of that backstory as the story unravels, but Nicolay's is kind of forced to deal with this stranger, and that storyline comes into play a little bit later on, but I don't know exactly how much I want to tell you, but that is how the story opens. Okay. And then there is a big world with many different countries and (laughs) i did not um look at the map before i started reading (laughs) (laughs) so we jumped points of view and we jumped over to iad and it took me a long time to realize iad and tani were from different countries (laughs) oh (laughs) i was like wait what's going on so pro tip when you're reading an epic fantasy, always look at the map. Okay. <laughs> at least early on. Yes. It doesn't have to be beforehand, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we jump to Iad, and she is from a country. Well, she lives in a country named Innes, but she's from a country in the south called Lassia. And we find out. I am going to tell you a little bit about her that we don't know at the beginning, Mm. but she is from the Priory of the Orange Tree, Ah. which is in the South, and it's like this secret institution that raises women to use magic and become worm killers, so dragon killers. Oh. Yeah. 
and it's very cool. Their magic comes from the oranges, mm. and they have to like ask the tree for an orange, and it and the tree has to deem them worthy, and then when they eat the orange, they get the magic. And I'm like, oh, oh. that's neat. That's really cool. <laughs> but she was sort of given to Queen Sabran eight years ago as a lady in waiting. And like her secret mission is to protect the queen with her magic. But also <laughs> but also magic is not allowed in this country, so she has to hide that. Mm-hmm. And the reason she's protecting Queen Sabran is Queen Sabran's family is the reason that the big bad dragon called the Nameless One has been imprisoned for a thousand years. Mm. So there's all this history that you get. And Queen Sabron's ancestor, Sir Galleon Brethnet, and his wife, Princess Cleoland, they defeated and imprisoned the Nameless One, which is this like giant, mean, evil dragon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's been imprisoned for a thousand years. And the story in Innes says that every queen has one daughter who looks almost exactly like her mother. <laughs> and that lineage is what keeps the nameless one imprisoned. Mm. So that's, that is the story there. You're not quite sure if it's true. And Ead's not quite sure if it's true, but... Her mission has been, like, protect Sabran because if it is true, then, like, Sabran being alive is the reason that the Nameless One is not awake again. And everyone's kind of anxious because Sabran is 28 and she's been queen for 14 years when her mother was assassinated so that's oh. yeah you get you get stuff about that <laughs> later on <laughs> but sabran hasn't married and she hasn't had a kid yet and like mm-hmm. the whole the whole country is sort of based on this premise that like the Brethnet line has to continue in order for the nameless one to not threaten the world again mm-hmm. so the fact that she is 28 and she hasn't had a daughter yet is like <laughs> putting everyone on edge <laughs> <laughs> so her story is kind of like her counsel pressures her into taking a suitor and like the first half of the book is about that and like she and Ia grow closer and yeah the, I uh, this is this is petering out I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> But it's very important that she, that her council thinks it's very important that she gets married and produces an heir, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I hit all the big things. Mm -hmm. There are some very cool secondary characters. Lord Arteloth Beck is a close friend of Sabran, and one of her counselors sort of banishes him because they're very close friends. But they're not like romantic, but everyone thinks they are. So he gets banished to sort of make way for a suitor to come in. Mm. But he goes on a trip and he actually ends up at the priory for a little for a little while. 
And what I really liked about him, and well, first of all, he's just a nice dude. And I was like, that's great. I love nice men in literature. Yeah. (laughs) But his story really is tied up with one of my favorite things about this book, which is all of this history and oral history and the things that were told from past generations that may or may not be true. So mm. like this story in Innis of Sir Galleon Berethnet is different than the one Ead knows when she was raised in the South in the Priory oh. where Princess Cleoland is the hero basically. Oh. Yeah. So Ennis's whole religion is based on this and Ardaloth, who is known as Loth, he follows like the knightly virtues. It's their religion is called Virtudum. Mm-hmm. And like he encounters these other people from other countries who are like, actually that's not the story we know, and he's like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he has to sort of reevaluate his worldview. And he's known Iad for eight years and he they're really good friends. And then he finds out that she actually isn't a convert to Virtue. She's just been pretending and she worships Cleel and the mother. And he's like, uh, <laughs> excuse me? So I just think that stuff is really interesting. And that actually comes into play a lot in my own books, in my own yeah. epic fantasies. Yeah. So I, I latched on to that a lot. Cool. I've been talking about this a lot. Sorry. No. Yeah. Overall, it's really good. It's really long. So be prepared for that. The uh, <laughs> the audiobook is 25 hours. The book Oof. itself is 804 pages, I think. What I really, really love about it is I think the world building is very cool. Oh, the other part. Sorry, I got to say this. The other part of that kind of goes along with Ardaloth's story and, you know, which story of history is true is how people think about dragons. So mm. people at Ennis and people like Iad, who was raised to kill dragons, they have this negative view of them because of a thousand years ago when these fire-breathing dragons ravaged the countryside mm. and you know killed a bunch of people and burned their cities and things like that. And then you have Tane, who is who lives in the east across the ocean and she is raised to become a dragon rider and they are different dragons they don't breathe fire they i think i already mentioned this but they live in the sea and they get their power from the sea so if like they're out of it too long and their scales dry out they get really sick mm-hmm. so you've got these two different kinds of dragons and everyone is like everyone in the west is like dragons are terrible and they're mean and they're bad and then everyone in the east is like dragons are gods basically Mm. so the intersection of those perspectives and storylines was really interesting to me yeah and the last thing i want to say is just that iad and tane are really cool characters and i like them a lot and I am gonna probably finish this book today. Finish the last forty pages. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. That yeah. you make you make that sound really good. Now I have to admit, I 
I like fantasy. Epic fantasy is not my favorite kind of fantasy, mm-hmm. but I have so rarely read a book that long anymore. Yeah. But it reminds me of some great stuff I read when we were in grad school and, and that I really enjoyed. Oh, cool. But gosh, the uh, the length is very intimidating. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. that's why I didn't read it for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to. Plus, like, okay, I think this is super unfair that on Goodreads, because I'm obsessive about chronicling my reading <laughs> journey every year, you don't get any extra credit for reading an 800-page book than you do a 300-page book. So, of course, yeah. I'm going to read, you know, 12 300-page books and right. not two 800-page books. <laughs> yes. No, I, t- I totally get that. At the same yeah. time, what mm-hmm. I love about Goodreads is when I'm behind, <laughs> <laughs> I can, like, pick up a graphic novel. <laughs> yes. Yes. And read it in an hour, and then I'm good again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, maybe I will, maybe I'll think about the audio, because I do have a long drive, as you know. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that will be a way that I can kind of chip away at it separately. But it does, like, it. you make it sound really compelling and like the kind of fantasy good. that I do like, so. Great. So yeah, neat. That sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, I, if you <laughs> eventually read it, mm-hmm. I would like to know what you think. But no sure. pressure, because it is so long. It is so long. But... <laughs> So while you haven't been reading, you have been watching a cool show that I'm intrigued to hear more about. Yeah, yeah. I think you might actually dig this show. And it's not that I haven't been reading. I have just much shorter books. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. mean to No, 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 no. I didn't it's mean fine. it to sound like that. <laughs> it's all great. It's all good. Yeah, so this show is called Three Pines. And in the U.S., it's uh, streaming on Amazon Prime. And there's one season so far of just eight episodes. I don't know. I don't know if it's been renewed. Let me see. Well, it's based on a book series. So it's got a, I think there's a high probability of getting renewed. And I also feel like it's not probably that expensive to make. Um, so hopefully we'll get a second season. But okay. this takes place in Quebec. And our main character is... Chief Inspector Armand Gamache, and he's played by Alfred Molina. And he is part of this thing called the Sûreté de Québec, which is a, it's essentially the same thing as like a state police force or like a not federal FBI kind of thing is sort of the, there's not really a, a direct analog in the US, but that's, that's basically what it is. It's a real police organization. It's not fictionalized. So he kind of consults on crimes that are not just in one city. He'll kind of go several different townships in Quebec. Okay. And the interesting structurally, oh, I should mention, this is based on a book series by Louise Penny. The first book is called Fatal Grace, and there's several books in that series. Okay. So from what I understand, the book series is a little more lighthearted and a little more Twin Peaksy, and they have made it a little bit edgier for the show, but they've done something that I think is really effective. So I'll get into that. So basically, every two episodes cover one crime, with one crime being an overarching crime over all eight episodes. So like episodes one and two are one small mystery, but then we also get the beginning of the bigger mystery. Episodes three and four are a different little mystery, etc. So it's nice that you have a little like, it compels you to watch the next episode of the two part, 
but then also, you know, okay, that was pretty self-contained, but we're still going to get more information about the big mystery. So I'll talk about the first little mystery arc and then also the bigger arc. So in the first arc, Gamash is dispatched to this small town called Three Pines. It's a village. It's very, it's full of very quirky, strange people, basically. (laughs) And they feel very, they're very insular. They don't really trust him. They're not super stoked that he's there. Uh, But he's there because this woman in town who is like a local author and minor, minor social media influencer dies at a curling match by getting electrocuted while she's sitting watching the match. Oh my gosh, that's very (laughs) unusual. It is very unusual. It's basically she was sitting in a metal chair with like snow melt around her and she somehow, the chair got electrified and she died and it's very, a little bit gruesome. But she was not well liked in town. Okay. But he still comes out to try to figure out who did it. And he's got a couple of associates. Isabel Lacoste is another detective with him with the uh, like state police or agency. And uh, she's played by El Mahita Tailfeathers. And he also works with this more local police officer who's not like great at her job. <laughs> Yvette Nickel, played by Sarah Booth. So they kind of, and they also have some other local help that kind of comes and goes. So they're trying to solve this and they're just not getting really a lot of inroads with interviewing the individual people in the town. Like some of the townspeople, there's a a couple who run a cafe. Um, there's There's a local woman who's a poet who keeps birds and she's very ornery. She's very elderly and has like a goose that she kind of carries around with her and stuff. I'm sorry. No, no, she's very silly. She's got kind of like wild white hair. And then uh, there's a couple who are painters, and but they seem like they're not really getting along very well. And a bookstore owner. And then there's this other woman, B. Mayer, played by Tantu Cardinal. And she runs a local like indigenous art center. And she she's very reluctant to talk too much but a lot of her the art that she showcases at her gallery has to do with indigenous people and issues and anti-colonization and stuff and some of it is absolutely stunning and one of the biggest themes like this first mystery has nothing to do with this issue but they're the bigger mystery is about the phenomenon of missing and murdered indigenous especially young women And so you've got this kind of quirky, lighthearted, like I said, kind of Twin Peaks or Northern Exposure sort of thing. But then the larger mystery is much darker and more serious. Okay. And kind of more important, too. Yeah. And some of that stuff is extremely heartbreaking. So the bigger mystery is that this young woman named Blue Two Rivers has gone missing. And like very regularly, Native activists who are who care about this issue of missing and exploited indigenous women will come and protest at the surete and for whatever reason gamash decides to actually act on this one case like he comes out to the protesters one day and is like all right i'm gonna like let's get one of these fixed because i can't do everything so he talks to blue's family and says all right we're gonna we're gonna work this case so every single episode we make progress on that case um, and they're kind of closing closing in on solving it toward the very end of the season. 
So that is very like a, a totally different tone. Whereas these two-parters, the A plot has a lot more of like a, sometimes it's a locked room mystery. Sometimes it's a murder that seems ridiculous, like this first case. <laughs> there's a lot where it seems like, I don't know how someone could have killed this person. Like there's no, there's no method or motive. So Okay. So those are a lot more like a cozy mystery, and this other one is much more like a systemic problems of racism and exploitation and colonization issues, and so that's very interesting. And we also see Isabel sort of struggle with this this particular larger case because she's Native but doesn't know much about her. She doesn't even know what her tribal affiliation is, and so she starts to feel kind of guilt for not not taking these things more seriously and not really tapping into her roots and B being like a native activist and artist and, and curator of other native art is kind of the other side of that coin, very deeply involved in the community. So you see that and that's really interesting. And there's some interesting linguistic things with a lot of, most of it's in English, but there are some things in French with subtitles or things that are in different tribal languages too. So we get some interesting things with multiple languages and the different storylines having such different tones, and then the fact that we have this kind of interesting sort of clumping of two episodes at a time being related. So yeah, I, th I think it's really, it's, it's interesting, it's important. Some of it has really moved me to tears, but a lot of it has also been kind of funny in the way that quirky, cozy mysteries can be. And Alfred Molina is fantastic in his role. He's really appealing here. And it's nice to see him play a more heroic character and also to see some like diversity in the characters of age groups, language traditions, and ethnicity. And, you know, I, I don't watch a ton of things that are set in Canada, but enough that when you see one that's set in a different part of Canada, that's kind of fun because usually it's stuff filmed in Toronto or Vancouver or something and to have mm -hmm. something filmed in Quebec is kind of neat and small little towns not like Montreal or whatever so right yeah it's it's a lot of fun so I think you would enjoy it I think it's it's heartwarming in certain ways yeah I mean as soon as you started talking about it I was like how did I not know about this this sounds exactly <laughs> up my alley with yeah. the cozy stuff and also the overarching mystery too yeah, I'll yeah. probably honestly check this out tonight. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Did you say it's 10 episodes? It's eight episodes. Okay. And again, it's on Amazon Prime. So okay. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So yeah, we are also feeling a little maybe slightly stir crazy or <laughs> spring yeah, <absolutely>. fevery. <laughs> and you've, you've been playing a lot of disc golf, right? I have. Yeah. My cousin's husband introduced me to it when we were on vacation last summer, and mm -hmm. I was really, really bad, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and I decided to get some discs of my own, and there are there are actually quite a number of courses near me, mm -hmm. so I've been doing that since, like, late July, and... Oh, cool. I've been doing it during the winter, too, because it is possible to go. You, I just have to bundle up. <laughs> and as long as there's not snow on the ground, because the snow makes it really hard. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I've been trying to go at least once a week. Cool. Hopefully multiple times. And what I love about it is that it gives me exercise. Mm -hmm. 
have you played? No, I haven't, but I kind of know a little bit about it. But tell us more <laughs> for also the listeners about how to play. Yes. Yeah, so it's basically golf with frisbees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the courses will have nine or 18 holes, like, an, like a regular golf course. And mm-hmm. you throw your disc. And then at the end, the hole is a basket. So it's mm-hmm. raised and it's got a basket to catch your disc and then it's got some chains as well that you can sort of throw your disc into Mm. and that's that's about it well it can be challenging in different ways Mm -hmm. one is that the holes can be long so i don't throw all that far i i've been able to up my distance a little bit since i started but mm-hmm. I'm still not like there are men who could throw like 300 feet. And I'm just like, what? That's the whole hole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then another way it can be hard is you've got a lot of courses that are built in parks and stuff. So there are trees in the way mm. <laughs> and you have to try to like throw around the trees <laughs> mm-hmm. and it can get really hard. But the, the bigger courses will have like short, long and short tees so that's mm-hmm. nice because like i i like it but i don't want to spend a lot of time my time frustrated you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'll do the shorter <laughs> i'll do the shorter holes because you know it, they take me less time and i get less frustrated <laughs> <laughs> but it, it involves a lot of walking and mm-hmm. the actual throwing of the disc it it helps out my upper body strength and stuff. So I feel like I'm getting some exercise. I'm getting a lot of steps in mm-hmm. and I'm getting outside, which is yeah. essential for me. I, I need outdoor time yeah. like every day, basically. <laughs> and the yeah. days I don't get it, I'm like grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, I'm looking forward to the weather warming up a little bit because it's possible to disc golf when it's cold, but it's not as fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yesterday I went out and it was so warm this week and then it dropped to 28 yesterday and while I was disc golfing it started snowing and I was just like, this is, I'm so cold right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, uh, that's like my big activity right now. Cool. If you if you ever want to try it, we can meet in the middle. I'll bring you some discs. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, but what's your outdoor time look like right now? Well, yeah, I want to get back to my jogging and stuff. And I've already started to make like my spring and summer and fall like route plans and what my goals are. And I want to do it. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't get as much done of that last like season, basically. Okay. And so I want to definitely improve that. And one way I want to try to do that is to do it earlier in the day. Mm. I have I have trouble because I usually work from home all summer. So I have trouble like getting a workout or any kind of outside activity in early enough. I tend yeah. to like sleep in and dawdle and, and then it's like too hot in the afternoon. So I want to avoid that by trying to do it almost first thing in the morning, like after okay. breakfast, get up earlier get it done, go for longer, and then have my at-home work day after that. So that's kind of my goal. And to try to maybe also go more for speed. Last year, I was going more for distance, distance, and trying to get like five and six mile runs in. And I think this year, I want to stick to a max of four, but try to go faster. Okay. So 
that is more efficient for my time, but I still get a long, it's still like a four, a four mile would still take me over an hour because I'm slow. Um, but I want to maybe try to fix that a little bit. So yeah, if I have a day where I'm supposed to go out for five or six miles, I just get too wiped out by the end of it. I just have nothing left. Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to do anything the rest of the day. Totally understand. (laughs) Yeah. But the getting outside and being out on my favorite trails or paths, listening to podcasts or music, like it's very, very meditative for me. And I just love the the nature and seeing like different, you know, copses of trees and being out in the sunshine. And, you know, it's just a great, a great way to recharge. But I also want to do more easy hikes. I want to do more of that. And I also want to like, aside from fitness related outdoor things, I want to go to more outdoor festivals this okay summertime so um those are kind of the things i'm really really looking forward to and like i cannot wait and i need light i'm just like (laughs) i don't know i'm i'm like a a solar calculator or something i just don't compute when i don't have sunlight so so this like off and on warm cold is not doing it for me i need it to start warming up and i know it's it's coming but oh man like i i feel like after Groundhog Day, I start getting very like, all right, come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when I was like in high school and college, my aunt and my cousins and I, I think I mentioned this a while ago. Mm-hmm. We used to do like a period piece marathon in February because we called it the doldrums. Like we got oh. in the doldrums. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we needed something to like usually the weather was bad so we would do an indoor movie movie day but Mm -hmm. we just it was just like something to get us out of our normal routine Mm -hmm. and like it had to happen in february because that was when the doldrums set in yeah (laughs) so i get it yeah i think i think february is interesting because we sometimes will get these unseasonably warm snaps and Mm -hmm. gives us this little spring preview and then when they go away again like it was i think it was yesterday it started snowing on my way home from work and i'm like come on come on we're done with this we're so done with this come on it was 60 degrees two days ago yes even though like some of these days also have been really rainy and but like even that is like a symptom of spring so i'll i'll take the rain over the snow (laughs) but yeah ugh. so yeah i'm stoked about spring and summer and even fall and looking forward to being outside more um, yeah. some outdoor dining all of that good stuff so yes yeah. outdoor dining is gonna be great Ugh, can't wait one other thing that i want to do more of that i did a little bit last year but i want to explore parks nearby mm-hmm. but specifically to sit out in the sun and read and write yes because a lot of times i'll go to parks and like go hiking and stuff and then it's like okay the hike is done time to go home time to get stuff done but like mm-hmm. i just want to spend time outside yeah we should find a park in the middle of us and have a little writing boot camp day <gasps> yes let's do it yeah that be sounds fun. great <laughs> <laughs> all right hey okay. well we're excited about that for sure and we will <laughs> next time uh oh tell us again where we can find uh the media we talked about today Oh, yes. Three Pines is available on Amazon Prime. And you can find The Priory of the Orange Tree wherever you get your books, including your local library. Yeah. Well, who's the author on that again? Oh, sorry. The author is Samantha Shannon. 
Okay, great. So next time we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to join us in two weeks. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at positivelypopculture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store, as well as our email, which is positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.